Ah. Welcome back to another episode of Duke's Nukes for episode 44. Call Blake Maislin. You get it? Yeah. <laughs> All right. For movie, TV, and pop culture discussions, I'm here with Blaine. He's known for having a dog. Uh, this podcast is named after, and he's the official artist of the podcast. Get excited, Blaine. Do Woo. do your art. Do an art thing. Wow, so much art. Wait. All right. That's too much art. Stop it. Uh, and then we have Will, who's also our editor and chief, a Marvel movie fanboy, and our movie salad. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, where we do a whole video now. We do videos. It's I'm I'm on it, so maybe don't watch it. I don't know. Uh, and and we're moving the episodes to be bi-weekly episodes. Will, explain that. Well, we're trying to make better content. So we're going to give us go. some breathing room, <laughs> and we're going to push it bi-weekly now. Well, this week we did three Martin Scorsese movies. Will? No. <laughs> Scorsese. <laughs> uh, you know who it is. Scorsese. Yeah, he deserves respect, actually. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, we did Taxi Driver from 1976, Raging Bull from 1980, and Goodfellas from 1990. All right, Taxi Driver. Will, do you want to explain Taxi Driver, or do you want me to explain Taxi Driver? I want to see what you got. Go ahead. All right. Travis Bickle is an ex-Marine and Vietnam veteran living in New York City as he suffers from insomnia. He spends his time working as a taxi driver at night, watching porn movies at seedy cinemas during the day, or thinking about how the world in New York in particular has deteriorated into a cesspool. He's a loner who has strong opinions about what is right and wrong in mankind. For him, the only bright spot in New York in humanity is Betsy. Betsy is a worker on the presidential nomination campaign for Senator Charles Palantine. He becomes obsessed with her, and after an incident with her, he believes that he has to do whatever he needs to make the world a better place in his opinion. One of his priorities is to be the savior for Iris, a 12-year-old runaway prostitute who wants to get out of uh, her profession under the thumb of a pimp and lover, Matthew. Was that good? That was a long summary, but yeah. I mean, that I don't think that spoils anything. That's what I watched. It is. I mean, there's a lot of moving pieces going on, you know? Like the car. Uh-huh, yeah, cars move. Taxi car. That's what they do. Yeah, uh-huh. Taxi car drives. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at its core, it's basically just a character character study, excuse me, of Travis Bickle, the Robert De Niro character, who is just a broken, lonely person. It's the Joker. It's, yeah. It's Joker the better, 2019 it's the better the Joker. completely rips off Taxi Driver. I like, I still like the Joker. But, but this is bad. This is a lot better And that's than probably, in the, in I didn't the, like in it. In the aspects that people go, oh, that's unique with Joker. That's those aspects are from Martin Scorsese's King of Comedy. Blaine, it was your first time, so what did you think? It was I, it, like I said, like that unhinged. I don't like that kind of stuff, like the unhinged feeling that you get. Like you know, this man is just like there's something going on in his head that's not right, and it's just kind of weird. And you, you're trying to root for him because he's the main character. And that whole yeah, that whole last sequence, he just murders. I thought it was. <laughs> Yeah, he just murders. He does. He does the murder. murder. And that whole thing with the uh, the parents mm-hmm. writing to him was weird to me because because they, she didn't want to go back to her parents. She didn't want to go back to the parents, and then her parents were like, "Thank you so much. You saved our daughter." Yeah, it's not a letter from her, right? You get the feeling that he wasn't the hero, but the last words of the film, he was the hero. But the whole time, you feel that underlining. That I, I just messed up. I really enjoyed it this time because I was like, this movie is lying to me about this character. And, and I find it. that insanely interesting. And they know it. They yeah. like are purposely yeah, doing yeah. it. Yes, exactly. Jack, I know you have th- some thoughts on this film. I really only had four. I didn't have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> four thoughts. Four. Right. I have four. I have four. First thought. Five. This isn't really anything about the movie. Uh, Jodie Foster. Um, I was like, oh, 
because I was looking at the cast. I was like, oh, Jodie Foster's in this. I love Science of the Lambs. And then I was like, I was going through the IMDb stuff, and I was looking at like when she was born in the year of the movie, and I was like, hmm, these don't really line up. And then she came on screen. I was like, oh, they do line up. <laughs> She's like 12. <laughs> she was legitimately 12 when they shot it? About, yeah, oh like like 13-ish maybe at the highest 14 could be pushing it but i mean she was very underage we already said one of my other things i said the joker but better and then i put just the sad downfall of a man i put then the end i'm still rooting for him at the end i know he he's misunderstood but he's got the heart he's got the spirit Uh, he needs help he He does need help i was gonna say put down what whoa hang on now sorry too much that's a little political but we're political podcast it's fine yeah my thought was, what if he had gone through with the political assassination part and had been put in jail? Then he wouldn't be out on the streets, you know, as a ticking time bomb. So the whole point was to give him that fake heroic act, you know, because again, that was not intentional. That was not the intended outcome. Yeah. Right. So to give him that right. fake heroic thing just makes it terrifying at the end. Right. Because it gives him almost confidence to do it again. Yeah. He got away with it. Blaine, I don't know if you noticed this. You know who's in the Joker? Hmm. Robert De Niro. Oh. Who plays the main guy in this? Yeah, who's he playing the Joker? He's the guy who gets shot in the head. Oh, uh, yeah, he's the interview interviewer. Guy. He's like, you think this is this is not a funny joke. This is this is not my other what? movie I made 40 years ago. Was he in... He wasn't in Goodfellas, but he was in Raging Bull. Yes, he was in Goodfellas. He was in all, he? He was in all of these movies. He's been it. in nine Scorsese movies. Wow. Yeah, they collaborated a lot, and then Scorsese and the writer of this film, Paul Schrader collaborate a lot um paul schrader wrote raging bull as well he didn't write goodfellas i've got so most most of my facts are martin scorsese based martin scorsese mapped out pictures and camera movements for almost if not every single shot in the movie it was a low budget movie it costs um a couple million dollars and so he mapped out every movement um, where the camera was going to be what the set was going to look like in an effort to save time on the day to then give the actors more time to sink into their roles which I credit with the great performances because the the actors were given time to do what they do best, which, you know, notoriously that are you talking to me segment was improvised because Robert De Niro just he just started going and getting into it. And Scorsese just lets that play out. And then he also talked about the way he shot Travis, where Travis is usually framed by himself to show the loneliness. And then when talking to other people, they're in the frame with Travis. There's not a lot of instances where it's just close-up of one other person. So take the, the segment where um, Palantine and his assistant are in the back of the cab. Palantine and his assistant are always in a frame together, but Travis is isolated, which subconsciously gives you that, I don't know, I, I, you really feel that Travis is a loner. Yeah. What a loser. <laughs> yeah, kidding. what a loser. Just like Jake LaMotta. I think you say like Jack. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was trying to give you transition. Uh, yes, let's all transition um, to the next segment. Raging Bull? Raging Bull, Blaine. Woo! Do you have a description or would you like me to... It's a, it's a shorter description for me to do it, though. Uh, go do, for it. No, but you, you can do yours. You looked excited. I mean, I... Yeah. I probably we, got the same thing you have. Should we do it at the same time? Sure. No, let's not do that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. The story of a middleweight boxer as he rises through the ranks to earn his first shot at the middleweight crown. He falls in love with a gorgeous girl from the Bronx. The inability to express his feelings enters into the ring and eventually takes over his life. He eventually is sent into a downward spiral that costs him everything. 
That is it. So, first off, this is based on a true story. This is very true. I don't know if you looked into a lot of that. I looked into it a little bit. So, it's based on the LaMotta brothers? Yep. Yep. So, it's based on the LaMotta brothers, um, and it follows Jake and Joseph. Um, Jake is the boxer, um, and... uh, so he, he, he's he actually a famous wrote a, boxer. It's based off of his book. Jake, okay. Jake wrote a book like 10 years prior, and then Hollywood wanted to make it a movie. Okay. And and what I found fascinating is Jake um, was like a little turned off about how poorly they, like how bad he looked in the movie. But then he eventually went on to say like, yeah, I wasn't a good person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then well, he and wrote then, the book. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then his brother tried to sue the uh, the movie studio. Because they just painted him so, like, uh, what do you defamation? That's what he was suing him for. Mm. For the Joe Pesci character, yes. Yeah. What what does he do that's so bad? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I feel like Jake's the real monster in this. That's he's always telling. He's it, it, that's like the beginning scene, the first scene with them two is they're sitting at breakfast. Jake has just finished yelling at his wife, his first wife. Um, oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. <laughs> I, I have got, a funny thing about that. Okay. But okay. but the, um, Joe Pesci, as his brother, comes in, and they're talking about it, and Joe Pesci is like, you cannot keep doing this, eating like this, treating people like this, fighting like this. You cannot do this. Yeah, and he never stops. He's just a grinder, guys. You just don't get it. He's just alpha. <laughs> alpha. All right, do you want to go through the movie a little bit here? I got it broken down so we can talk about each yeah, yeah, just, kind of segment. So it we starts... Can bullet point it. So it's one of those movies that starts in the future and then we bounce back so we start in 1964 when he's rehearsing in the dressing room and fun fact with that uh while he was bigger at the end of the movie uh robert de niro uh put on all that weight naturally do you know how much that was in four months and i think he went from i have it somewhere he went from 160 pounds to 215 pounds (laughs) in four months he put on 60 pounds (laughs) He uh, what it, what That's it say? That's fifty-five pounds. He was going to the you. the best French restaurants all around. <laughs> People were getting concerned for him. That's Scorsese <laughs> said he he was like when De Niro had all the weight, you could tell his breathing was heavy. He just did not sound good. So when they were shooting those parts, everybody was like hurrying up. They're like, let's let's get this done so you can lose the weight because we're we're legitimately worried about you, dude. And also, everyone tried to talk him out of that. It's crazy, guy. but he's like, I have to do this. I love it. I guess. It's insane. <laughs> I love it. I love the grind. Yeah. Method. So um, it starts there in the dressing room when he's bigger and just talking about his going, doing his act and doing the rehearsal or whatever. And then after that, um, that scene ends with that's entertainment. And then it jumps to the fight back in 1941 where he's fighting against Jimmy Reeves. And this is kind of where our story starts. Um, and he's losing the fight. Um, and then he's in the corner and his brother talks to him and, hypes him up like a hype man or whatever. I don't know. And then uh, he goes back out there and destroys Jimmy, like knocks him down like three times. Um, but then Jimmy is saved by the bell and Jimmy wins um, based off of points. So that's kind of how the whole thing kind of starts. It's kind of giving you the vibe like this dude's really good, but um, he's getting the short end of the stick. That opening credit shot of the ring, the wide shot of the ring, in that beautiful black and white, and it's slow motion, and Jake Omada is in his robe, and he's just bouncing, and there's this beautiful classic, classical music, and it reminded me of the way they used to do um, opening credit scenes way back when, 
where it wasn't credits over action or like actual part of the movie. There was an opening credits segment where the the credits were stagnant. You know, yeah. it, it was it was very old school. It, it mm. felt like Scorsese was doing something that people do now where it's like, man, I want to make a homage to like the 80s when he was like, I want to make a homage to like the, the 40s. Yes, yeah. exactly. But he did it in eight, like uh, in 1980. And it, I mean, that was the whole reason for the black and white the whole time. It was how the matches were seen back then. That's he was. So that was the whole point. Scorsese of it. said uh, to me, the 40s are in black and white. You know, World War Two is in black and white. All the yeah. footage was in black and white. All the movies were in black and white. So that was his decision. And I, I, I believe he had to fight the studio on that. They were they were pretty that. against the black and white because it's the 80s. Color has been out for a while. Yeah, but I, I, I thought it was good. Like, it didn't turn me off. I'm usually not a black and white movie kind of person. But you've, you've seen... We, We've showed you some black and white stuff. You're fine. Yeah, yeah. If, if you pick the right, if you pick a good movie, it doesn't matter <laughs> if they're in black and white or not. Bingo. Yeah. Okay. So after that whole opening scene and the opening credits, and he's fighting or whatever, we jump into right into kind of Jake at home with his first wife, and he's just an asshole. And that's where his we were talking about that earlier. His brother comes in, tries to talk him down, and like you got to stop being like this. Like you got to focus on uh, just fighting. But okay, so I'm curious what you think when when Jake stands up and tells his brother just to punch him. I don't. What's the point of that scene? Because um, he just punches his, him, his and punches brother, him, and then it doesn't ma- go anywhere. His brother's mad at him. He's trying to get his rage out. And also, Jake's just a psychopath who doesn't mind getting punched. Okay, so it's just him being like, "Brother, you're crazy. You're just mad." I took it as egotism. <laughs> it's both. Yeah, it's, okay. I think it's a measure. He, of he all is of it. like, "You are so puny. I am the best. I'm going to prove to you I'm the best." You can punch me as hard as you can. And then he says while he's punching him, come on, I'm uh, I'm barely bleeding. And then right after that, we jump to um, his, he starts cheating on his wife um, with a 15-year-old girl. She was is, 15? Yeah. Yeah, they say that. And he's 23. Okay. She just, the actress did not look 15. No, she looked not at all. Thirty-five. <laughs> Robert so, Nier didn't look twenty-three either. <laughs> no. Oh, and they yeah. and they get married. Um, in real life, they got married a year later. So sixteen and twenty-four was their how they actually got married in real life. And then we get uh, a fight with Sugar Ray Robinson, and he gives him his first loss. So Sugar Ray, that was his first loss in his career, and then in the rematch. Um, uh, Jake loses and that kind of, but it gives him enough to stand on where it like, dude, this dude can fight. Cause I'm pretty sure he was a middleweight boxer and Jackie is a heavyweight, right? He, he, sure. he they, they were in a different, dude, um, I'm going to be honest um, with you. The boxing is the part of this movie that I care about the least. That's fair. Not he, that it's bad. I enjoy watching it, but it's, that's I not what it's anything about. Anything about boxing. He he does, and he, I don't know what they're talking about when they talk about the boxing specifics. He he go, he's <laughs> it's a mix. He does a little bit of both, but for a good chunk of the movie, the, a lot of the stuff they focus on is him doing middleweight boxing. That's why they focus on him like cutting weight and stuff. Yeah, and then we get that scene with um, his wife was seeing. I, we don't even know if she was actually doing anything with this guy, but the brother comes to um, basically be like, "Stay away from my brother's wife." And beats the crap out of that guy. And then the mob gets involved because he was part of the mob and pretty much tells him to sacrifice a fight. Um, and 
he like everyone can tell that he blew this fight because he just stood there. And because of that, the box, uh, the people that are in charge of the boxing or whatever, what would you, what would you call it? I don't, they suspend him for two years. So he's out of the game for two years. And then he comes back um, and wins the middleweight boxing. Um, and he becomes the champion. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he starts to, I mean, he's still just a crazy dude and just not staying in shape. His brother still having fights with his brother. Um, he pretty much accuses everyone of sleeping with his wife. Um, so his life is just a mess. And then he goes back to fight Jackie Robinson and Robinson destroys him. Um, though that fight does end with him saying, you never got me to the floor. You never got me down. Did you just say Jackie Robinson? Not Jackie Robinson. I was going to let it go. Don't I'm... say Jackie Robinson. <laughs> he, That's oh. a different he... what... that, different sport. What sport? Baseball. Okay. <laughs> Sugar Ray Robinson. Okay. Anyways, um, it kind of ends with uh, his career being in shambles. His wife leaves him with a divorce. Um, he has a nightclub, but then he's letting underage girls into the nightclub, so he goes to jail. And now he's doing stand-up comedy and is married to a stripper. Um, so that that is his life. It's pretty it's pretty brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole film is just it was fun. Like the way the way that he sorry that came out so wrong, but the way I he love filmed he it was his wife like really good. No. <laughs> So but but like, those scenes are legitimately uncomfortable. Oh, they so are. They're That's more uncomfortable for me than a sex scene is abusive people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that I was like painful. That. I thought this movie I, did it very well because it wasn't even more of him. Well, I mean, it was him doing it, but it's more of like, when's he going to snap? Right. That's. That, I was waiting for him to just kill someone. Dude, he was just not a nice guy. I was referring to the, the fight scenes because <laughs> the way they filmed that was cool. Because he did the third person kind of like you felt like part of the fight. And so what he had, he had the camera on a dolly. So he was moving the dolly around to make you feel like you're the third person in the fight. Yeah, I, I really like that. And it's I normally I was don't, actually there. Yeah, I was the ref. I normally don't like the close up stuff. There's a lot of insert uh, shots that are that are close ups, but it really works because, like you said, you are it's it's to make you feel like you are in the ring. So I thought it was cool. Robert De Niro uh, actually boxed during this. So he was boxing for, I think, six months. I actually competed in three um, actual um, boxing matches and won two of the three. Um, he was also training with um, Jake through the whole thing. All of his, he did like a thousand rounds with Jake to learn to box. So I thought that was good. Like he was a legitimate, legitimate boxer. Already said the camera thing. Uh, let's jump into the budget is 18 million. At this time, and then they made twenty three million off of it, so they did pretty good. And then I'm pretty sure the Rotten Tomato and yeah, I have it right here. Rotten Tomatoes like ninety three and IBM, IMDb. <laughs> Sorry, uh, eight point two. So all right, I had a couple notes I want to talk about before we move to the next thing. Um, I originally wrote because I, I wrote I wrote a few notes during the movie. I was like, because like because I didn't realize he gets remarried. This is when he was still with his first wife, and he he wasn't punching her yet. I don't think he punches the first one. I don't think he ever punched. But I, I wrote down, loved the fight scenes with Jake and his wife. And then I went back and I wrote, first wife, when he got remarried. And then I went back and wrote, verbal fights. <laughs> <laughs> you like, you don't, okay. I liked you, when they were yelling at each other. I why? Because like it was act- convincing? Yeah, they're just like two Italians just going like, ah, vulgar word yeah. I can't say. I mean, I get why it works for the movie, but 
I can't stand people I don't like, like that. that stuff, but yeah. it felt like you were in the fight. Yeah, like, I thought it was like it realistic. Like, it's uncomfortable. Like, yeah, Like uncomfortable. when she's like hanging out the window and she's just yelling at him. He's just yelling at her. Like he's, he's yelling at her from like the street. I'm like, this this is hilarious. <laughs> like it's bad. And I feel bad for the people in real oh, life. Since oh, and when he's on. yelling at his neighbors. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. stuff's hilarious. Like the dog. Yeah. He's just like going through like, the apartment. Be quiet. Con- he's just like, everybody shut up. <laughs> shut up. Even though I'm the loud one, shut yeah, up. <laughs> even though I'm the one causing this, it's all of your fault. Again. Just like Travis Bickle. I love Joe Pesci. I loved this. You already said it, but the scene where he just does a kingpin and smashes that guy's head in with yeah. the car door. Like, I was like, oh my God. He just got the dude's head in a taxi and he's just smashing. Dude, that's what he wanted to do to Kevin McAllister in Home Alone. Yeah. <laughs> trying to think of some of the other stuff that I like that we haven't talked about yet. I liked when he went to jail or whatever, or they locked him in a cage and he's just like punching the wall. Oh, yeah. Yep. I was like, oh my gosh, my hands would hurt if I did that. And then he hits his head. He's like, ow, my head. And I'm like, yeah, you hit your head. You idiot. <laughs> and then, <laughs> okay. Head. So the end scene when he's like talking to himself in the mirror, was it just me or was everything he was saying was like blaming it on his brother? Or did I read that wrong? Like it, he was trying to blame no, he, everything on. I thought he was blaming himself. He blames himself. Was he blaming yeah. himself? Okay. Cause he, cause he like he's tried, talking in the mirror, Blaine. It's like, yeah, Mike, but I, I swear he was saying. It's like Michael Jackson. Joseph. My fit. Well, I love all the fight scenes, but I think the most effect. Well, not I don't know the most effective. The one that I was like, oh my gosh, is the one where he punches the one guy and they do the blood splatter and it hits the crowd. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, that's well, wasn't that's a it, lot. Wasn't that him? Wasn't that Jake? No, that he punched, punched. He punched that other guy because he also. Oh knocked, no, it was he knocked the other his guy. mouth guard out. That was dude. when he won. Yeah, he destroyed that guy. and He was beating him after he punched his mouth guard that out. That was the championship. It's like he lost. He probably lost some teeth. Probably. He's gonna look like uh, a guy with less teeth. Like like a frog, they don't have teeth. All right, next movie is Goodfellas from 1990, which is the story of an Irish Italian American, Henry Hill, and how he lives day to day life as a member of the mafia. Based on a true story, the plot revolves around Henry and his two unstable friends, Jimmy and Tommy, as they gradually climb the ladder from petty crime to violent murders. Jimmy and Tommy mess everything up. Blaine, you finally learned what it means—the joke we've been saying for like the past ever, the funny how joke. What were your thoughts? It was a great movie. Loved it. Yeah. I loved it. I loved, that was so much fun. I love mob movies. It's my favorite mob movie. I, I think The Godfathers can be probably like picked for like objectively a better movie, but this is I my disagree f- with that, actually. Oh, really? Okay. I disagree with I, that. I, I think Goodfellas is better. I think you can make an argument for yeah, either. Yeah, I, I get why people do, but for yeah. my personal bias, I think this is better, but I can see how somebody can make the argument for something else. I think I it's, like the vibe of the mob more in The Godfather. It, yeah, it's more I classical. Like, right, but I like the character more in uh, Goodfellas. Like, the main yeah. character is so much cooler. I, I think of the flow of Goodfellas is, is much better than godfather it is a better ensemble cast mm-hmm. good goodfellas ramps up god godfather is pretty slow the whole time and then all of a sudden the baptism scene at the end is just like whoop yeah there's I, a couple I, of spikes I, in there it, it was it was more fun i guess if, is that a good way to put it this goodfellas no. had, had, <laughs> had more just like at the it started more fun I, I, am I wrong? I thought it, like I thought it was Look funny suit, when when they, when they be yeah that was funny or when they, they yeah the opening took the, great. the mailbox uh or not the mailbox the uh, mailman they took him aside and were like don't don't bring any other mail with his name on it. Blaine, you haven't seen these movies. Did you like these movies? All three of them. I mean, like I mean, yeah. I mean, like did you like? I mean, were they what you expected? Were they they were expecting something more brutal, less brutal? Like I went into them not expecting anything. I I would say. Taxi Driver is the only one that isn't my speed. Like, I, really? I don't okay. like that type of movie. Hmm. The other two are more what I like because I like sports stuff and I like 
that kind of like badass. The mob, the mob. Like you, I mean, the beginning of the movie is him seeing him use all of his connections, and it's just so good when he's like taking it, the girl, his girl out, and he's just knows everybody. Oh yeah, he gets the best seat at the seat at the restaurant. Well, it, it's not oh, even it's so good. It's not even if he knows him. It's just they know of him, right? And they do they know not his connections. Want to upset him. Like like when he said when he was a kid and he was working with the mob and his parents didn't have a car but he his neighbors stopped parking in their driveway <laughs> like yeah. that kind of stuff is just like oh my gosh I mean I don't really want to spoil it that much because I mean like it's it's so iconic I just recommend watching it even if like I mean if you have to watch one mob movie this is the mob movie you should watch Will any comments on the Goodfellas were they bad fellas uh, Yeah I mean I would say they were pretty bad fellas. Uh, again, I mean, it's Scorsese, so um, his his camera work and his lighting is impeccable. And Joe Pesci's there. And yes, Joe Pesci steals every scene he's in. Like when he kills that guy. <laughs> well, which guy? Just actually? crazy. They're all pretty funny. I was, yeah, I'm thinking of the one where they're playing poker. Oh, yeah, that kid. He's an adult. I don't laugh at children dying. I'll, I laugh at grown men dying. Well, I mean, watching this, I told you, and we texted you this, I, it just felt like The Wolf of Wall Street. I can yeah. tell another when, I was, one. when yep. I was watching it, it, like I just felt like the Wolf of Wall Street. He just paced a little quicker, but other than that, it's the same damn thing. Well, it's just I different. Mean, it's characters. not the same thing. The but, but the characters, the way that he, Scorsese, the way he told the story. Well, the subject matter that interests Scorsese are those characters just, that are their own downfall, which just, is Wolf just of Wall the Street. Worst people. Yeah, yeah. Do, and you yeah. want to root for just the worst people. Yeah. That's his his strength though is is giving them some kind of goodness to make the audience uh, relate to them and then you know halfway through they turn and then as the audience you're like ah you're pretty bad yeah all right I have I have random facts now <laughs> yay all right Blaine I picked some of these just for you and maybe you will maybe I'll maybe I'll surprise Will with the fact I probably won't okay uh, <laughs> Blaine the iconic the how funny am I scene so. Apparently, that's not based off of something that happened to Henry Hill in real life. That's just something that happened to Joe Pesci in real life while he was working at a restaurant, like as a kid. And apparently, he told a mobster that he was funny, and that exact same scene happened, but it was like reversed. Joe Pesci was Joe Pesci the was guy. the Henry Hill character, but it wasn't based on Henry Hill. It was based on Joe Pesci in real life. Ah. And uh, Scorsese thought it was so funny that he just added it to the movie. It's pretty funny. Because they were just talking about mob stuff. He's like, you know, I insulted a mobster once as a child. Accidentally. Accidentally. That that scene, they also only told uh, the, the two main guys there. And all the guys sitting at the table didn't know that that was happening. And they were like, uh, what? <laughs> oh, gosh. So that's why like a lot of the other guys are kind of just like, I don't know what is going on. According to somebody who worked on the movie, apparently to get a more authentic feel. Because, you know, like a lot of the like a lot of the background people are like, oh, my gosh, these guys are good. Like, yeah, they just felt so authentic. It's because they were. They hired real mobsters for the oh, movie. Nice. And, and they don't know who they were because they gave Warner Bros. fake social security numbers. <laughs> <laughs> so they couldn't track them down to get arrested. Which, nice. is, which is so amazing. I love it. That's how you make a good movie. Joe, Joe Pesci won an Oscar for this movie. Um, and he... Uh, I'm assuming it was for supporting actor, I guess, or something like that. But he gave he's he has the sixth shortest speech in Academy's history for accepting an Oscar, and it's like hundred years or whatever of uh, winning an award because he didn't think he was going to win. He walked up there and said, "It's my privilege, thank you," and then he walked away. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. You said sixth. What, 
So what's the first just There's thanks. like thanks or thank you. There's a few of those. Okay. Yeah. So he had that extra, it's my privilege on it, and that's how he beat like four other people. You know the scene where you go to the Joe Pesci's like mom's house or whatever? Mm-hmm. That's Scorsese's real life mom. Yeah. Yeah. I think you told me that while that we were watching that. It's um Joe Pesci's mom. Yeah. Joe oh, Pesci's character's it, mom. Okay. I thought yeah. it was Scorsese's mom. But I knew no, it was no, somebody's no, mom. No, no, no. Um, hang on. Sorry. It's Scorsese's mom in real life. Okay. She's okay. playing Joe Pesci's character's mom. Yeah. And she had no dialogue. That's yes. Just her talking. Yes. So they, that a lot of that scene's improvised. So like him picking up the knife and saying, I want this knife. Like that's a lot of like, that's improvised. And also they didn't tell the mom that there was like a dead body in the car. She just thought that they were like coming over to eat food. And that's why she's like, just like. I love you guys. <laughs> that's what makes it so Yeah, that's what creepy. makes it feel. Yeah. Yeah, it's just so genuine. Like these messed up men are just going to this nice lady's house. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like treating them so nice. All right, now it's time for everybody's favorite thing. We duke, we duke a thing and we nuke a thing and Will usually pukes on another thing. Duke, um, nukes, pukes. Thank you, Blaine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we, so the, and the rules are you got to duke at least one and you got to nuke at least one. Them's the rules. Them's the rules. You Them's can't change the rules. it unless you get elected and you can vote in and cha- vote for new rules. It's a political podcast. Blaine, you go first. Yours is kind of obvious. Mine is obvious. I am duking uh, Goodfellas. I am duking... Uh, Raging Bull. Raging Bull. There you go. Thank you. There and, you go. and I'm nuking uh, yeah, Taxi Driver. But did you like it, though? I mean, it's not your thing, but did you like... like you? It like- was a good movie. I just can can I, I don't like that type of movie. Do you so a lot of people consider it not only Martin Scorsese's best movie, but one of the best films of all time. Thoughts? I like, don't do think you, so. Ooh. I mean I, that's I your opinion. You can so. have it. I thought it was a better movie than Raging Bull overall. I like Raging Bull more, but I thought it was a better movie than Raging Bull. Oh really? Hmm. Um but I, I could I could weigh the Goodfellas and Taxi Driver the same. I don't think Taxi Driver's leaps and bounds ahead of Goodfellas. I think it's about the same. Now, do you like Raging Bull or Goodfellas more? I like Goodfellas more. Ooh, fancy. Are we just doing this out of everything or just our opinions for, like, right now? What? Huh? What do you mean? Like, like, is it, like, what it's fresh? Or if, you know, if I go back, it's like, should I do the future? What the what? Okay, no, no, no. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Like my thought, my I'm I'm struggling right now. Do I go with ones uh, that I would want to like? Which one would I watch over the other? Well, not like, what are the two that I'd be quickest to rewatch? But also, which one's the most? Which one's more important out of the two? I'm struggling with. I don't know. Yeah. Like, what's a better made one? Even though I prefer the other. See, my opinion didn't change, but I see what you're saying now. Yeah, I, I would do in the moment just. Cause well, if we're doing it in the moment, then I'm gonna switch it up then. So, cause I, cause I've seen Goodfellas before, but if we're doing it in the moment, I, I might have to, I might have to nuke Goodfellas. Really? I love it. It's my favorite. Movie. I was gonna say you love it. It's also like probably my top like 15 favorite movies of all time. But just in the moment, like, I mean, eventually Goodfellas will go back over Taxi Driver. But in, I'm like, I, I really like Taxi Driver though. That's. It's not like my thing, like you said, as much, but like I still really liked it. You know, I'm glad I watched it. It wouldn't be my, I wouldn't rewatch it as much as Goodfellas, but I'm like, man, this is, you know, it, it's it's a better version of the Joker. Like it's, it's pretty good. And I liked the Joker. That's right. I very much dislike the Joker. Same vibe. I just, ugh. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I will, I will have to nuke Goodfellas as much as it may hurt wow. me to say that. And I'll have to do Taxi Driver and Raging Bull because I've never, well, I've never seen anything about Raging Bull. I've seen clips of Taxi Driver. 
I those two are really good, and I think they deserve the respect of not nuking them. Would you put Taxi on top? No. Raging, you put Raging Bull first? Rage, Raging Bull's on top. Really? Yeah. Not, okay. that, that's not even close. Really? I, I, I like Raging Bull a lot more than Taxi Driver, but I like Taxi so Driver. So did I, but yeah. Well, it's no surprise which one's my highest nuke, and that's Taxi Driver. Taxi Driver might be my favorite Scorsese film. I think my nuke is going to have to be Raging Bull. That's what I was thinking of a pick. On, it, maybe if I went before Jack, I might have nuked Goodfellas. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to have to go with Raging Bull. And I feel like you were leaning towards that just so we could all nuke one of them to make them feel more equal. Well, no, so but good. I'm thinking... Okay, no. <laughs> they are If so I'm good. thinking... Uh, well, because I was going to go Goodfellas if I was going to do the route of which one do I think is a more important film. Yeah, and I which think one I think Raging Bull is more yeah. important but I would sooner watch Goodfellas, and I enjoy Goodfellas more than Raging Bull. Okay. Duke Nuke segment, done. It's done. Done. Put it on the shelf. Done. Yeah. Lock wow. it up. Key. Wow. Blaine, take the key. Oh, thank you. Nope, I already threw it away. I was going to put it in my mouth. Well, now you're putting nothing in your mouth. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next, next thing. What are we watching? Do, 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 do. Oh, watching. Uh, I watched two... Big, big boy movies this week. Well, not big boy movies. They're just movies. Um, I watched uh, the new, uh, the sequel to the Netflix critically acclaimed Murder Mystery, Murder Mystery 2 with Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston this week. Oh, my God. Murder Mystery was, I, th- I think I know what one that is. Is that when they're like on a tropical? Yeah. Oh, my God. That was so painful. <laughs> so, they made another one? Yeah. Oh, my God. And it's. It's what you'd expect. It's so bad. <laughs> I had a good time. It's not good, but I liked it. All right, then I watched one other movie. Uh, I watched Shazam! Fury of the Gods, second Shazam movie. It did really bad in the box office. Yes. And it wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. It was okay. I heard it was kind of like it was the first fun. one. It was fine, and it was fun. The first one's probably better, but the second one's not bad at all. I didn't like the first one. Oh, really? No. Well, maybe like, I don't know. That's everything I have. I'm not recommending either of those things. <laughs> but I, actually, I'll recommend Shazam. Shazam was good. Okay. It was fine. Will. I'm going second today? Yay, Will. Wow. Okay. Um. So, Teen Titans again. The OG Teen Titans. Um, and then I watched The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Um, the recent Nicolas Cage movie that came up came out where Nicolas Cage plays Nick Cage. Um, opposite Pedro Pascal, who plays... Uh, a very rich, eccentric man who is the biggest Nick, Nick Cage fan in the world. And Nick Cage gets invited uh, to come to this man Javi's party uh, in exchange for a million dollars. And it's pretty fun. Uh, Nick Cage and Pedro Pascal have a lot of, have really good chemistry together. I really want to watch that movie. It's pretty fun. It's yeah. it's, it's pretty fun. I'd recommend it. It's a good popcorn flick uh nick cage making fun of himself you know self-aware that's pretty fun i will say there's kind of a mystery element and i was more intrigued with the mystery than the answer aka the third act kind of drops the ball but that's okay well that's not that kind of a movie it's not exactly (laughs) so basically javi the character of javi writes a script and he wants nicholas cage to act in it and they end up just bonding over their love of film and i i what i liked the most about the movie is them two hanging out and talking about movies. Because they talk about Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, a silent film that's over 100 years old now, uh, and then Paddington 2 in the same breath. So a couple guys like movies and they hang out talking about movies. Well, yeah, but... Like a podcast. One of them's a billionaire and the other one's Nick Cage. You don't know my bank account. Uh, and you fair, don't know if I'm Nick fair. Cage or not. <laughs> yeah. There's a better chance that you're Nick Cage. <laughs> <laughs> 
Blaine, what did you watch? I only watched Shit's Creek. And we didn't watch that much. We are like one episode away from finishing it, but we're cl- we're close. But did that's you all like we watched. It? Uh so Eater far done. I haven't <laughs> I hope they end it well. But so far it's really good. I mean, you're like 99% through that show. Yeah, but it's uh, it, the last episode can make or break the last season. I, I mean, feel like. you're right, but overall that doesn't make it a bad season. No. It, it depends overall, it's on, a good show. It depends on if the Done. penultimate episode is really good, because sometimes the last episode is just like the epilogue. Yeah. Like all yeah. the cool stuff happens in the, the second to last episode. All right for news. And ooze. Woo. Because they're gross. News and ooze. Look, they're being delivered by a little guy in a taxi car. Oh, he's doing a political assassination. <laughs> I was waiting for the sound effect. Was so was it not a gunshot because he, he, he didn't missed. do it? He was a missed. Okay. Okay. Let's see. Let's see. Ooh, there was a trailer, new Marvel trailer. Get excited for the Marvels. Get excited. I actually wasn't gonna say this, but I am gonna say it because it is uh it's the I think it's the first trailer that Marvel's released that has like a the most dislikes or something. And is it the one with uh Nick No, that's Secret Wars. This so this is Miss Marvel, the Captain Marvel. Like it's it's the new Captain it's Captain Marvel too. It's just called the Marvels. Uh, I mean I'm not excited. Kid. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's been, I haven't been excited for a Marvel movie in a while. I give it benefit of the doubt sometimes, even though I agree it's bad. But this one I think is especially gonna be bad because this has been pushed back a lot. So I think we can all say, ooh, ooh. Who's who likes Stranger Things? I do. All right, all right. Do you like animated series based off of live action shows? No. We'll get excited for Netflix because they'll make an animated Stranger Things show. They tell you anything about? Nope. Okay. Nope. I don't know if it's the same characters. I don't know if it's a spinoff. Don't know nothing. It's just Stranger Things set show. I mean, they got to keep going. I'd rather them keep going with some garbage that's not related. That's ooh, like its the- own. Well, don't touch the main hey, content. Speaking of touching main content, um, did you see the new trailer for The Continental? No. So this is a prequel TV show set in the 1970s in the John Wick universe about how Winston gets the Continental Hotel. I don't like TV shows. I don't like when they do but, a TV but, show, it, but it, it sounds good. It, it's it's like a, I don't know if how many, it's apparently like a mini series, like a, like a okay, three. Okay, so six episodes are done. I, I think it might be three. I could be wrong, okay. but it's something like that, and it's going to be on HBO Max. I think. Ooh. Many things. Uh, Can Winston really carry his own show? Well, it's not the same guy. It's a different... It's a younger actor playing him because it's like... I understand that. I'm saying the character of Winston. I mean... I don't know. He's got to have... He has to have some type of past to be able to be where he is. I think it's the same guy. I don't know. That's like the one thing that I don't want to know. Second last thing in news, Amazon is going to do a new Stargate movie, Will. Yeah. And mm. they're going to do a RoboCop TV show. Leave it alone. <laughs> There's already been a cartoon RoboCop, a remake RoboCop, three sequels RoboCop, and don't even get me started on all the... What was the first one you said? Uh, Stargate. Yeah, there's a ton of Stargate. Um, there's like four or five movies, a couple TV shows. Nah, no thanks. This is not really news. I mean, it is news. Uh, so the Super Mario Bros. movie has officially become the highest grossing movie of the year. It, it, it has passed over $500 million. It's not really competing against anything, though. I mean, it's not, but it's just kind of just crazy how much money that that animated movie made. People True. love junk food. And it's currently on True. track to make over a billion dollars. Good for them. I know Will's excited. I mean, Go Chris Pratt. It has Go nothing Chris to Pratt. do with me. Blaine, Blaine <laughs> explain the next episode. 
uh, the next episode will be Lord of the Rings. So we will finally be doing our Lord of the Rings. Um, I we've been I've been consuming a crap ton of Lord of the Rings. Um, we are also going to be seeing. We all watch the extended editions. Extended editions of Lord of the Rings, and we'll be seeing the third one in theaters because they're playing at our theater. So. Uh, we're getting ready for Lord of the Rings. Yeah, come watch it with um, us. Even what's though... the catch, though, of that episode, Blaine? The catch is I'm going to be explaining a shit ton of Lord of the Rings to you guys while I'm drunk. So we're going to see how that goes. I'm just excited I'm... to get alcohol. Do I... Does that joke... This was his idea. We should specify this was his idea. <laughs> All right. That's next week. Are you no, sure you're not drunk weeks. now? <laughs> <laughs> so whatever bi-weekly or weekly thing we end up doing either way the new upload day will be saturdays uh you can email us at dukesnukespot at gmail.com uh tell us why blaine made such a good idea and how it's going to go swimmingly um leave us a five-star review on apple spotify or anywhere else that happens to be this podcast follow us on youtube at dukes nukes or be a rebel and uh, uh, follow us on the youtube competitor rumble at dukes nukes pod it's one word since someone took dukes nukes I knew it was you, Climb. Climb. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for editing uh, the podcast, being our editor-in-chief. Uh, Blaine, thank you for being Mr. Artsy-Fartsy. And thank you, random person, for listening. Will, we, I picked a special person this week. I picked Rex. Oh! I picked friend of the show, wrestler Rex. Yeah, pro Will, wrestler. Will, explain what Rex does. Give Rex he's a shout out. A, well, he's a pro wrestler. He's fantastic. I've watched him twice now. Will's watched him maybe thrice. Visit your uh, your local pro wrestling circuit. It's a good time. I did, it is a good time. I've 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 been indoctrinated. <laughs> Blaine's next. Bye. Bye. Drive safe. <laughs>